Hello, Hello. And welcome to another episode of Veterinary Journal Club Vet Books. It's Vet Books. Uh, vet Books Round Eight, eight. Chapter, so seven. chapter Seven. Yep, Chapter Seven of um, Small Animal Critical Care Medicine. What book have we been doing the last couple yeah. months? You know, I didn't want to get it wrong. Um, edited by Silverstein and Hopper. Um, during my residency, we called it the Hopperstein book. Hopperstein. Yeah. I think I've heard you say that before. Oh, yeah. I've definitely referred to it as a Hopperstein book. Um, I don't know if they would find that humorous or really <laughs> annoying. I, I could ask. I'll ask next time I talk to one of them. Um, okay. So chapter seven is on multiple organ dysfunction syndrome or MODS. 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 And this Not chapter. Like video game MODS. What's the video game? Video game MODS. Oh, that's right. You said something about that. Yeah, it's when they change the the modifications. It's short for modification. No, this is an acronym. Um, And this chapter, we'll start with that since I forgot it last time, um, was co-written by Rob Goggs and Dan Lewis. You know Dan Lewis? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, From all the years we were on the exam committee together. Mm -hmm. So It's a small um, world. It is a a very small world when (laughs) you know these people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Actually, Rob was the chair of the exam committee when I... He's the one who recruited me to join the exam committee. So he was yeah. the chair of it the first Four, year yeah. I was on. And so, yeah, I was on it with for, with him for two years. Um, anyway. What chapter did you write in this book? None. Mm. Yeah, no. I did not get invited to write any chapters for this book. Makes sense. <laughs> That's way harsh. Um, anyhow, mods. So mods fittingly follows the SIRS chapter. Um, this is mods. the acronym section of the textbook. Like mod from The Impossibles? No. 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 That's a different acronym. M-A-U-D. For mod. E. M-A-U-D-E. Okay. What do you think multiple organ dysfunction syndrome is? I think it's when you have two organs that are doing the wrong thing. What two or more. Th- that, what do you mean the wrong like thing? Like you're in kidney failure and heart failure. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Two or more organs that are failing. Yes. That's essentially. <laughs> um, Wait, I got a sound. I got to get to it. Don't do the wrong one. Don't do the wrong one. Oh. <laughs> got it right. <laughs> it was took a really long time to give you that positive I have a limited feedback. soundboard. Yeah. All right. Um, so... I mean, essentially, this it's it's not exactly like you could have a patient that, for a variety of reasons, develops heart failure, like a degenerative disease. They have, um, you know, something that would be common in in you know dogs would be like mitral valve disease. That older small breed dogs often develop this, but it's also not uncommon for older small breed dogs to maybe develop secondary, like or not secondary, but just like kidney dysfunction, kidney failure, um, and that wouldn't necessarily fit the criteria for mods um, because it also has to arise from some se- like this is these are happening at the same time secondary because remember this is a syndrome oh it's secondary okay right so this is so a one syndrome. organ fails and it causes another organ to fail not necessarily so this could be after trauma or with sepsis so sepsis isn't an organ failing that is an organism failing <laughs> essentially mm-hmm. um, and so you have some extreme inflammatory insult SIRS and then, so SIRS and MODS often go together. You have mm-hmm. a patient with SIRS, and then if they have two or more organs that start to fail, now you have MODS with your SIRS. SIRS and MODS. MODS, SIRS. What about like um, an old patient that um, it's old and its kidneys are failing, mm-hmm. but then it also has a heart problem? 
And that's what I was trying to say. That doesn't necessarily so fit. Necessarily no, that's just like bad luck, you know? Right. Um, or so they need just, to be like... It needs to be secondary to... So there right. needs to be a problem. If you treated the problem, it would fix both of them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So these are potentially reversible organist function. Yeah. That's the other thing is there's... They frequently aren't reversible and that the patient goes on and dies. But like if you were to stop the underlying problem, these could... Uh, the organs that are failing could recover. Mm-hmm. So it's like the heart isn't working, but it's not necessarily like in heart disease or heart failure, like I was suggesting earlier, you have mitral valve disease. So that's like a chronic progressive condition that the animal has. This is something different. This is like, oh, the heart isn't functioning right now because it's not getting enough oxygen. And so it's got arrhythmias or maybe it's it's the contractility of the heart isn't very good. But if we fix the underlying problem that is creating the conditions that make it so the heart can't do its job very well, then um, we can reverse that and go back. So um, mods is occurring because you like... <laughs> So you work for a company and they bring in like a, ma- a new management system and they're going to revamp everything and everybody starts working worse for a while. Like this is not working. Everything mm. you guys are changing. You're creating conditions that are toxic. It's a toxic work environment. And then when you fire that management system and go back to the way it was, everybody can go back to working effectively again. How's that for an analogy? You don't like yeah. that one? Yeah. Man, I was going to ask is that what about, so let's say yeah, um, you get like a tree branch through your chest and it stabs your lung. Okay. So now you can't breathe very well because your lung's been stabbed, but then you're also bleeding out. So your heart's having trouble. Would that be mods? Because you just <sighs> Probably have to not like yet. sew up the... Probably not yet. Um, because at this point, the heart isn't failing. It's not functioning improperly. Like from the example you've given, it's just in shock. So the heart's actually doing a good job keeping you alive. Yeah. So you're probably going to have a high heart rate. You're going to be tachycardic. Your blood vessels are going to respond to the blood loss. Your lungs are damaged, but that's not, again, mm-hmm. that's the primary insult. So I would not consider that mods at that point. So what if you're, what if you're hit by a car Yes. and your spleen ruptures uh-huh. and you get lung damage? Yeah. Those are all part of the primary injury. So again, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't call that mods. Now let's say, um, you get hit by a car. I don't even know if dogs have spleens, by the way. They do. Yes. Good job. You get hit by, you You have to have heard me talk about. Oh, splenectomies. Spleens. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> so you, you get hit by a car, your dog gets hit by a car and it suffers like damage to all, you know, the organs, lots of bruising and things like that. And then a couple of days later, um, you, the patient starts to develop arrhythmias or develops, um, what's called ARDS, a different acronym, acute respiratory distress syndrome. That might even be the next Sir's chapter. Not Hang on. It might be the next chapter. Nope. Darn. I was hoping it would be. Um, and, um, and then it also, um, develops another syndrome <laughs> called DIC. You've we've heard me talk about, about yeah, 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 we've definitely talked about that one on the show. Um, but like it's all the consequences of the severe inflammation. So or, mods is not going to be like a sudden onset thing. No. It takes yeah. Time. Okay. Yeah. So again, it's secondary. It's after some primary injury or insult or disease. So an animal gets pneumonia and so its lungs aren't working because of the pneumonia. But then a couple days later, its kidneys start to fail and its liver starts to fail mm-hmm. because it's got sepsis from the pneumonia. So those, that would be mods. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. Um, Oh, they have they have a lot of like tables and charts in this. This is one of the longest chapters I think in the whole book. Oh yeah, because I was thinking I you think, were kind of done describing it. Well, yeah, I'm just describing it. Um, this is like nine pages because they go into like specific details for like which um, 
Well, they go into the, the path of physiology, like how does it develop or how do how is it theorized that it's developed? And so um, they've got, you know, headings under the path of physiology of the immune system being dysregulated, which is also something we see in sepsis specifically, the coagulation system being dysregulated. And then they have a whole heading on mitochondria and how the mitochondria play a role in this because mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell, <laughs> the powerhouse of the cell. Um, but if they're not working properly, the cell dies. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so mitochondrial dysfunction means the cells can't produce the energy they need and then they start to die. And then the GI tract. The lung. So it's just specific organ systems like what what is happening at this level? What is happening? So they get into a decent amount of detail um, for each of these. Um, and then the then you have to look at like criteria um, for, you know, defining this. Because like you said, it, it's it's a bit wishy-washy because it's a syndrome. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that a lot lately, that syndromes make it kind of um, hard. It's not like, oh, you do this test and if you get... They're just kind of helpers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, if it's, you have this, you should watch out for these things. Right, exactly. It's a way to sort of organize your thoughts be like, oh, you should be worried about X, Y, and Z. Um, the other thing that they talk about in this chapter, which there, I'm pretty sure this could have been in the first edition, but I think there might be something in this textbook as well, the second edition on just like, um, severity scores. So one of the things that's really common, uh, commonly used in, in human medicine, probably more than, yeah, definitely more than in veterinary medicine, but like, um, they'll have severity scores for different disease states or sometimes just, um, people talk about the SOFA score, um, so the sequential organ failure, um, score criteria and, or the sequent, the, the SOFA is sequential organ failure assessment. And then you have SOFA scores. And what that's meant to do is try to stratify patients. Um, one to identify patients that are in like serious trouble and we need to like divert maybe some resources to them. Um, but probably even more important than that is being able to stratify patients um, for research purposes. So if you wanted to do a study and to say, okay, patients that develop MODs, Mm -hmm. and these are the criteria we have for MODs, um, if we do this intervention, it improves outcome. But when you're doing these types of, you know, prospective scientific studies, you want to be able to look back and be like, well, was it just random chance that, you know, patients in group A were just more severely affected than patients in group B? And so one of the ways- Because you can have a MODs patient that's like not that- that off right but you can just have one that barely on meet the criteria door. exactly and so if you pr- apply the um, treatment that you're testing you to both five patients, organs that are down yeah that's way worse exactly and so um and so that's where things like sofa scores come into um, come in handy so that overall when you look at this group of patients and that group of patients you can say oh or you can even narrow things further and you say we're only enrolling patients that have a sofa score in this range so that we're, we're comparing relatively similar groups and it's not going to be that like oh well these patients did better just by random chance and so it makes it a little harder for people to critique your results if you've done something like that like hey we've tried to establish that the patients in both groups were similar severity mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing um, and you know so it's just th- but there's there's a bunch of different scores the sofa score is a pretty pretty commonly used one um, in animals there's the apple scores have you heard me We've, I think you've heard me talk about the apple scores um, I, I think I usually hear you say that you don't like scores I don't I it's not that I have a problem with scores I have a problem with people using the scores inappropriately so people, it's dangerous in veterinary medicine because we euthanize patients. 
Right. And so if I use a score... And that determines the outcome. Exactly. And so if I use a score that says, oh, this patient is going to die, and then we euthanize it, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so if scores, you know, you have a scale and it's out of 20, and we say, okay, animals that have a score greater than 15 are going to die. And so then we euthanize every patient with a score greater than 15, then what? we we've it's, There are patients in there we might maybe could have saved. Um, and so when people use a score that is meant to be assessing a population to apply to an individual, they do it wrong. And a lot of people make that mistake right, and yeah, they make a, recommendations a for cat problem. Yeah. It's a probability. Yeah, for exactly. For one thing, there is no probability. Exactly. You can't apply probability statistics to an individual. This individual is either going to survive or it's going to die. And this score cannot tell you whether or not this patient will survive. And if 75% of patients with a score greater than 15 die, that's 24% of patients that don't, one in every four patients. I mean, and that's a terrible mortality rate, right? Like 75% of patients, that's a high mortality rate. But one in four patients that you see is going to survive unless you euthanize 100% of them. And then you just, you had... So anyway, that's why, sorry, you, you started this. I wasn't going to go down there, but <laughs> so I do really box. get, <laughs> I do really get upset um, because people want to use that to prognosticate for an individual. And that is not how they are meant to be used. And it is uh, quite a pet peeve of mine. So we'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, have we already talked about this on a show? I feel like I we don't have. think you have. Oh, well, maybe we need to have that. I think you, I you heard me you harp into on it every it. now and then. Yeah. I know, I know it makes Bobby mad. So I like to bring it up. <sighs> yeah. He's kind of mean like that. <laughs> but it's an important point. Yeah. Probability I, does not apply to populations of one. Exactly right. So I can say this now because I'm no longer on the exam committee for ACFEC, but I made sure to get questions like that on the exam for several years. <laughs> I was like, this is important and people need to know this. And so I wrote um, I wrote a, a question. Sorry. Uh, I guess if you're if you're a diplomat now. It worked out for you one way or the other. But you if got, you're not, what if whether you got this question right or wrong? I mean, I don't know if they'll still be on the exam because I was definitely a proponent of, hey, we need to put these scores on here and ask the candidates questions about what is an appropriate way to use them because there are a lot of studies out there um, that um, people and it's a, I get it. it, it seems a, like it, research is the most appropriate thing. Yes, just to yeah, that's when it should be used for those kind of scares so that you can you know decide like this was appropriate. But people are always publishing studies about oh prognostic indicators for. I mean, that's so common to find prognostic indicators. And, and it just, uh, I get really frustrated because people are going to use it wrong. Mm -hmm. They yeah. don't understand. I think we've seen a couple papers where people used um, euthanized patients as a negative uh -huh. outcome. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you can't do that. A euthanized patient has no outcome. That's, right. We essentially that, throwing it exactly. out. We have to eliminate that from, because if you euthanized it, you don't know what happened. We have no idea what was going to happen. Um, and that's, and, and, the, and the hard part is like, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't be euthanizing patients. That is not what I'm saying at all. Um, I think that they're, I, I'm really grateful that that's an option that we have for our patients. Um, however, when you're doing research, you have to consider that that yeah, research is about the outcome of a disease. Exactly. It's not about the outcome of whether like <laughs> now, if you were doing a study about what are the factors that determine when clients euthanize their pets? Okay. Yes. You should include those patients yeah. um, because you're asking a different question. But if you're trying to, to, to sort out mortality rates, you absolutely should not include patients that are euthanized. Uh, you, you can't. And I've yeah, reviewed papers. Playing, like the first half of a, 
any sort of sport game and being like, oh, that's the score. So we're yeah. done. We don't need to do the second and half. And there's no point in continuing because we already know. The, no, no. The higher ranked team is in the lead, so they'll probably win. Yeah, that's true. They probably will. But we don't know yet because we haven't finished the second half of the darn game. Yeah. <sighs> Anyhow, you did it even more. You yeah. me even more. So um, which score to use is one of the subheadings in this chapter. And my answer is none of them. Um, unless you are doing a research project. Mm -hmm. um, but if you use them to decide whether or not you should euthanize a patient or um, continue treating, you're doing it. It seems like you should do the normal thing if you're trying to decide euthanize, but just kind of look and see. Oh, that's how the problem. How we already doing. know. We already yeah. know that. But, and it's true. Like patients that are doing worse are more likely to die. Right. Oh, oh, really? That, that's what. <laughs> That's kind of the sarcastic response I have to every prognostic indicator study is sicker patients are more likely to die. What? <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. No one saw that one coming. Um, okay, we're gonna, that, that's going to be a, a future show that we do. We're going to talk about talk prognostic about patients. We're going to talk about prognostic studies. Um, and then we're going to talk about the surprise test. Have I talked to you about the surprise test? We're not going to talk you about it. You did tell here. me about it, but I forgot about okay, it. Okay, cool. Surprise. We'll talk about it next time. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty It's pretty cool. Um, but does also kind of go into a little bit of why I don't think we should use prognostic scores for an individual patient. I have to stress that. Like there are plenty of times. And so collecting these scores so that one day you can do a retrospective study or again, if part of a prospective study you're doing, super important, really useful, really nice. Um, but if it's helping you make decisions or helping you and how you counsel a client on whether or not to euthanize oh, a patient, super now. inappropriate. You weren't listening to me for the last little bit because you were thinking about what the surprise test was. Yeah. Yeah, well, don't say anything. We'll save it for another show. Maybe somebody will go looking it up in the meantime. Um, Careful Googling that. To, I don't I think you'll be fine. I don't know. If you have your filters off. <laughs> I don't... Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, what else? So this chapter has a lot of little nuggets, um, which I think is is fun. Um, I don't know why you're grinning at me about that. You just that, call them little nuggets. <laughs> yeah, little like... Here's a here's a cool little nugget about this thing, or um, <laughs> Can you be a little more specific. They have brief paragraphs of lots of different subheadings to be like, here, let me tell you just a little bit about the lungs in mods, or let me tell you a little bit about the kidneys in mm -hmm. mods and the heart and the GI tract and all that kind of stuff. So they're all um, lots of little short, easy to digest stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Um, a little bit on corticosteroid use, um, like a very short paragraph on uh, novel therapeutic approaches, things like that. So it's a difficult chapter to kind of summarize because there's lots of, of little things mm -hmm. um, that all together uh, create the, the entirety of the chapter. <laughs> but it is one of the longest chapters in the book, and they've got about a million resources, um, references. Let's see. For this one nine-page uh, book chapter, 156 references. Wow. Yeah. Easy day. Guys weren't messing around. I know. Calm down, Rob. Dan. No, it's it's pretty good. But like that's the thing. Each each little brief paragraph. Dan and Rob. Is that a band? Dan Rob? Dan and Rob. I don't know. Okay, Google that. Do you have your phone? Yeah. All right. All right. You keep talking about that stuff. I'll figure well, this out. Well, now I'm curious about Dan and Rob. I'll get so, back to you. They they talk a little bit about um some more there's just this is just an acronym, jam packed acronym chapter. Um, so if you really, Dan and Shay, Dan and Shay. Yeah. That's so close. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> so close. Um, all right. I don't really, I think I've gone off 
bump the rails a little bit here. Is it time for the backwards backwards game? You don't have anything else on mods? No. That's how kind of I felt when you first um you were just talking about it being a long chapter and then you first described it. I was like, that that seems like it. Yeah. No, what it's a long things, chapter because they go into more detail. So why do you need to care about mods like when you're in the clinic? Um Is it just so you don't give like a medication to help one thing and it screws the I other up? I think it's more like when you have I okay. Here's here's how I think you should be using this. If you have a patient who's really sick and this is um, the area that's a problem, don't forget about everywhere else because you, you, you're not, you can't just treat the lungs and think that the patient will get better because if you focus so much on one organ system, the one that's primarily injured, and you forget to take care of the rest of the body, it'll bite you in the butt. Yeah. I think that's kind of the main point is that you can have a problem in one part of the body and then all of the inflammation, the cytokines, the process itself, the healing process um, can have knock-on effects in other parts of the body. And if you're not on the lookout for that, you're not supporting that, you're not trying to prevent it when you can, um, it, you're going to run into problems. So I think it's just remembering that you're treating the organism as a whole rather than a specific, oh, I'm just treating kidney failure. It's like, no, no, yeah, you have to keep funny. an eye out for everything else. Like, um, I think that's the point. When you have a patient in the hospital, you think you're treating it for one thing, but even if you're just doing one thing, you're still feeding it, walking it, giving yeah. it water. Like you have to do all these other things. But, but also the treatments that you're giving to help one organ system might be harmful for a different one. Yeah. Like the things we do. Um, yeah, I think you talk about the, the kidneys and the hearts. Why I bring it like if yeah. kidneys need water when they're going There's bad, the, but the heart much. doesn't need well, the treatment for heart failure is dehydration, and dehydration is bad for the kidneys. Yeah. And so rehydrating a patient with heart failure makes the heart work. So when they are both failing, they, they, they don't play well together. But it turns out giving too much water to the kidneys is also bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Is there any others that like kind of play against each other? Um, Where the I treatment mean, is harmful to another one? I, you know... <laughs> Too much fluid is, is bad for all of them, but some organs tolerate that better than others. Um, you know, I would say the GI tract is going to be pretty sensitive. So you're like, oh, well, the kidneys need antibiotics and the GI tract is like, but all the bacteria live here and you're going to screw me up by treating this with antibiotics. So antibiotics for any, like antibiotics- Could you do like localized antibiotics for a kidney? No, no, but it's a really great idea. You can do localized like topical antibiotics yeah. for certain things. You can inject get them it. in like pow. Um, well, I shouldn't say that there are, if you had like, um, kind of, yeah. but not easily or not routinely yeah. is the short version. Um, so you can instill like in the bladder, you could probably instill antibiotics. I don't know if anybody does that routinely. Probably not. I can't think of like a specific syndrome, but, um, yeah, like every time you treat one system now, the kidneys are supposed to be sterile, right? So if you give antibiotics and you kill off all the bacteria in the kidneys, sweet. Um, same thing, the lungs, not exactly sterile, um, but there shouldn't be a um, bunch of bacteria. The heart should be sterile. The brain, the CNS should be sterile. The GI tract definitely shouldn't be sterile. Um, so you're going to have definitely knock-on effects if you're trying to sterilize the rest of the body and the GI tract becomes affected. What's that motor? Um, so, yeah, I mean, every time you, you do one thing that might be helpful for this system could potentially be harmful for another one. So, you know. You got to be mindful of that. I think that's the main take home. Cool. Of the chapter. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Essentially think understand the physiology. Of what you're doing. Understand the physiology. I think just knowing physiology is super duper important. Anyway. All right. What time to game play a game. Let's do we game. have today? 
before it. Wait, what? It's the backwards game. I just realized that we should say the backwards game and then play it backwards as part of the title. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Right? Not right. now. Well, no, time. and it's too late now, but that would have been cool. So you picked some words from this chapter mm-hmm. that you've said backwards, and I now have to hear them backwards. Oh, yeah, I've got to use this thing. Yeah, you That's use right. I forgot about this. Okay, so I push play when I go to record. No, you push record. Oh, that makes more sense. Okay. And then you'll record it. And then Do I have to push stop after I hit record? Yeah. Okay. After you're done saying it. I have to hold it real close to my face? No, not that. Where I'm at is good? Oh, yeah. I think it... Or yeah. It? Okay. You'll be good. Okay. All right. So All right, the so first word is mitochondria. And let's hear it backwards. Let's hear it backwards. Hey, you're not going I'm... That's mitochondria. Hey, you're not going I'm... Okay, I'm ready. All right, go. Are you not but I'm... All right, you ready to hear it? Oh, you can... Don't you have to do it backwards? Yeah, you press play. Oh, okay. I'm ready. Go for it. Mitochondria. Oh, Mitochondria! So that was really good! <laughs> yes! Do it again? Yeah. Mitochondria. Mitochondria. <laughs> I just have a bit of an accent. Uh-huh. That was amazing. Okay, if I hit record, it'll automatically record over the last yeah, one. Yeah, it will. The next oh, that word was successful. is... What do we do? Coagulation? Coagulation. We had to get rid of one of them because it sounded inappropriate backwards. It was so inappropriate. Wow. It was amazingly inappropriate. It's a good thing that we screamed. Yeah. All right. So it was... Coagulation. Coagulation. You ready I knew what it? they were forward. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, this one's tough. You good? No, one more. Yeah. <laughs> That was so bad. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how that one's going to turn this out. This is going to be terrible. Okay, but, okay, you ready? I'm ready. I cut the end a little bit. No, that was so bad. One Do you want to try again for coagulation? <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm trying not to laugh into the microphone. That was terrible. That was so bad. No, I don't want to try it again. I think it's only going to get worse from there. Yeah. Yeah, that one was a fail. <laughs> yeah, my first one was good. Mitochondria was good. Mitochondria was really good. Okay. <laughs> All right. The last one is sofa score. I think so. Yeah. Sofa score. We'll, we'll be able to tell when it's displayed backwards. I suppose that's true. Herlocephus. Uh, what? Okay. That sounds terrible. Herlocephus. One more. Herlocephus. Herlocephus. I don't think that was it. I don't know, but that's what you were saying. Okay, you ready? Yeah. What? That was so much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I get credit for that. Let's play it one more time for those who were laughing too hard to hear it. (laughs) The sofa was good. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what that accent is that I'm speaking. <laughs> I don't know. The backwards accent? The backwards, backwards accent. Um, okay, that was good. I needed that little pick-me-up at the end because we got I got off in my little soapbox. and whew. 
You got mm-hmm. me fired up. So I needed to giggle. So what's the next chapter? Uh, the next chapter is not an acronym. What? The next chapter, chapter eight, is hypotension. Hypotension. Bum, bum, bum. It's not hypertension? Nope. That's later. But it's not that. Oh, it is the next chapter. <laughs> that would be a different part. So hypotension. And then the next one is not hypertension. It's hypertensive crisis. So Ooh. looking ahead. Yeah. Um, so there'll be some good stuff there. Um, all right. That's all we got for today. Hope you enjoyed. Um, don't use your prognostic indicators to decide whether or not a patient should be euthanized. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.